Welcome to Manitobaville. Okay, uh, this is the podcast where we interview people all over Manitoba of all backgrounds and uh, and whatnot. Okay, <laughs> today's interview is with one of those uh, people, and not a whatnot, but it's a captain of captain of boats on federally regulated waterways. So uh, we're going to talk to Captain Curtis Grimolfson. He hails from Hecla Island. And he sails from whatever port he's being paid to sail from. And it's a, it's an amazing kind of life and journey. And um, yeah, the, Captain Curtis is on a mission to save the Hecla Island Ferry. So we're going to hear all about that. And we're going to have a little chat about, um, yeah, what it is to be a captain of a boat. Captain of a boat. Isn't it? It could be a fun show if you made a show and a song about it captain of a boat but uh, I'll leave that for the taller foreheads to accomplish in the meantime uh, I want you to think about uh, uh, following us on your favorite podcatcher just search out Manitobaville I want you to think about uh, finding us on social media I want to get you to follow us to rate us review us tell your friends it's all good uh, safe fun for everybody and you might learn a few things uh from some of our guests i do believe you you probably would uh i do every day and uh you got to know a little bit of something about everything if you want to get along in the world and have something to chat about at the old cocktail parties so this is how you can accomplish that just listen to us and you'll know a lot of manitoba eccentric things and that's a good thing Okay, and uh, tell your friends anywhere in the world. We're interested to hear from them if they have a Manitoba angle. Uh, We're interested in sustainable stories or um, ideas about how to get more skill-based and how to start leaving the uh, oil world behind and how to fulfill your life without retail shopping in front of you every minute of every day. There has to be a better way. Remember when we were kids and you had a bicycle? Remember that? You didn't buy anything. You'd be lucky to have five cents on you so you can get maybe something somewhere, but it certainly wasn't the goal. The goal was to uh, explore the world and have fun doing it with your friends or on your own, however you made that happen. And um, yeah, so uh, here we're going to talk to uh, Captain Curtis and see how he's been passing the time and, you know, making things happen. And I think when you're working on a ferry or you're working on a a pleasure boat or a, uh, well, what are those things called? The, the, um, the, uh, river boats, you know, the paddle wheels, things like that. I think the, the world becomes more interesting place because it slows down. It takes you away from, you know, the, the muddle that we find ourselves in on, on dry land. And it kind of puts you on a little journey where you get to spend some of that quality time. So this interview, I guess, is quality time with a good friend, Captain Curtis. And uh, we'll get to that interview just after this. We're going to have a little commercial breaky break, and then we're going to pop back in. And uh, you can check it out. Um, yeah, it's a little uh, sound. It goes, actually, it's, it sounds just like this. So what kind of, what kind of boat is it? It's the old Heckler Island Ferry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, 
not doing anything. He's just sitting in the slough in Selkirk right now. I want to take it to Heckle. And they, see, they're talking about pulling it up on shore in Selkirk, up in a field there that we have. I work for the same outfit that runs the ferry. And uh, they want to pull it up in a field there where nobody's going to see it. And that boat has got tons of history behind it, like tons and tons. And I've got all the history of it. So I'm trying to get the government to pull it up in Hecla instead of in Selkirk. It belongs in Hecla. Yeah, so it is sort of like be a, a museum item. Yeah. There's uh, like when you're coming on the island, when you hit get to the causeway there, you'll see a big light, lighthouse with a sign on it, like a welcome sign. That's where the ferry used to run from. That's that's where I want to put the ferry up on shore there. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a nice nice addition to the community. It would, yeah. And uh, I'm, I, I work two weeks on, two weeks off, so that's going to be my project when I, on my days off. I got to run around to see the businesses in Riverton that and get some letters in favor of it and things. I'm, I want to go through tourism. What kind of cost is that to do that? I have no idea. It wouldn't cost a whole lot. I mean, uh fuel from Selkirk to Hackwell, that's about it, and a machine to pull it out. And uh, I can get a machine, I can get guys to donate their time. There's lots of guys with machinery around there who know the history of Hackwell, and, you know, they'd, they'd like to see it back there too, and I'm sure they they donate their time and machine to pull it out. That'd be cool, yeah. And then you have to put it up on some kind of uh, platform. Put it up on blocks and then... Um, make it so that nobody could go climbing on it or anything and uh, put some plaques along the side of it telling about the history and that. I can see it in my head. I just got to put it together. Well, yeah, that shouldn't be too hard. Like, it's a community project and yeah, the history's there. I want to get a few people involved. Uh, but I started with Pallister because he's in charge of that, the whole thing, I guess. I got a few letters I'm sending out to... Well, I'm sending the same letter to a bunch of other people to uh, get everybody everybody's attention on it kind of thing, I they can't just brush it under the table. There's a heritage minister or something. One of my cousins wrote a letter there. Um, I'm even going to have some relatives in Iceland write some letters to Palestine. <laughs> well, there's a consulate here too, Icelandic consulate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put them on your list. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my winter project, I guess. I'd like to see it there for next summer. Is it any particular anniversary or anything next summer, or is, would that just be a timeline? No, it's just uh, just my timeline to get it there. I know it's not going to happen this summer because it's too late already. But I would like to get it stopped. Like my boss asked me if I would drive it down the slough to where they want to pull it out, and uh, so they could pull up in the field there. And I said, "Well, I will, but I'm not going to right away." I said, I'll, "I want to talk to the government first and see if I can get it, drive it straight to Hecla." So he just kind of laughed at me, but we'll see who's laughing. <laughs> Well, once it's up, like you mean to pull, you'd pull it up on a truck just to take it to the field? Yeah, they'll just pull it up the water and just drag it up on on skids and that. And, but I know what's going to happen to it if they drag it into that field. It's going to be scrap metal after that. Yeah, like those other uh, ships were that should have been yeah. saved. And I don't want to see that happen. Uh, I want it back in Heckle. And I've already got a Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, uh, look up the Heck Heckle Island Ferry. I got a page for it there and i got 400 members on there a lot of them are putting posting stories and pictures and stuff about the ferry uh yeah just send me a friend request i look it up on there and ask, ask to join and i'll click you in there excellent it's, it's not all that big is it like it's not a huge like big ship oh no it's uh it was like 12 cars i think you could fit 12 cars on there yeah so it shouldn't be too hard to move around oh no it's not it's uh it's easy like my dad was the very first captain on that boat 
and I'm I'm the last. I was the last captain on it. And yeah. I will be the last captain. Yeah. Be the last captain standing. There was, only, there was one guy in between us. So he worked on it for about thirty years between him, my dad and myself. Wow. Me, that boat is very important because it was built in 1958, and my dad started being the captain in 1958. They gave him the keys, told him that was his boat to look after to, you know, mm -hmm. run for the government. So when I, I was born in '59, and uh, to me, it, I always thought we owned it. I, I was like 10 or 12 years old by the time I found out that we didn't actually own it. Just <laughs> 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 I thought Dad owned the boat. Well, being a little kid, and I was with yeah. him all the time on it and he was on it all the time and yeah i thought okay we both. <laughs> <laughs> no he i guess that's why i'm a captain he always let me drive it when i was like five years old he'd have a coke box you remember the old wooden coke yep. boxes yeah yeah well, he had one of those by the steering wheel for me to stand on so i could see over the dash and uh he'd leave me up there to steer he'd just show me show me a tree or something on shore he'd say okay just steer for that and mm -hmm. he'd go down and collect uh, the ticket Okay. In those days, you had a It was fifty cents to get across, so he went down and collected the fares and came back. <laughs> so where did it run from? It went obviously Hecla, and where did yeah. where did just across, when you're going over the causeway? Mm -hmm. If you when you, when you get to the other side just before the bridge, you'll see another sign there that says Narrows Marsh. Okay. And, uh, right, right there, you'll see the other ferry landing. There's, so there's poles still in the on the shore there. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Well, I hope that I hope that works out. I hope it, uh, the Heck Island Ferry comes home, and the government does something yeah. positive <laughs> in all this. Yeah, it would be nice to see it. Now everybody's in favor of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I started this kind of, kind of as a joke. I was joking around with my boss, and then I started thinking, well, why yeah. not try it? <laughs> exactly. See what happens? Yeah, you'll never know if you don't try, right? That's right. Yeah. All we can say is piss off, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe somebody else will step up. Some other corporate citizen, or some uh, municipality, yeah. or some group will step in and help with. Because it can't be that much. It can't be that expensive to accomplish. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't cost anything. And then for upkeep, I was thinking, after it's out of the water, I could pawn off the motors. There's two big, uh, big diesel motors in there and a generator. Oh, okay. that, that wouldn't be. It wouldn't be needed on there anymore. So mm -hmm. you could sell a lot of stuff and put it in the bank for you know paint or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Paint her yeah. up. Put a nice... Yeah. Put a flag on it. Yeah. Be awesome. No, no, it is. What's that? I'm trying to go through tourism and stuff on that. And the Heritage Committee. See if, see if I can get it there. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, good luck. And we'll uh, we'll spread the word out for sure this way. Through the podcast yeah. and all that. I'll send you a couple of pictures of the boat after. Yeah, we'll throw them up. Here. We'll throw them up on the uh, on the website for sure. Yeah, sounds good. There'll be old pictures like uh, of the Heck Island Ferry. The name was changed on it from from the Heck Island Ferry after it was moved from 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 Hecla. Mm -hmm. Called it the Edgar. They called it the Edgar Wood. Edgar Wood. Yeah, okay. nobody nobody seems to know who Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do with the ferry. <laughs> weird yeah. weird 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 the story yeah. gets stranger I, I, I think he was the chief of uh, Manigatogan a long time ago oh okay somewhere. yeah but he never worked on the ferry so I didn't know how his name got on there 
That's strange. So you have to put the original name back up and all that. Yeah, I'd like to change back to the Heckle Island Ferry, yeah. Yeah, a little showpiece. Yeah. I was trying to tell this on the uh, on our first podcast here I did. Uh, I was talking about being a sea captain. <laughs> but, uh, but Well, almost like the sea, like Winnipeg, but yeah not 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 quite but it's is actually there... meaner it's actually meaner than the ocean it's uh lake winnipeg is a very unique lake it's uh shallow so the waves on there when it blows up the storm you get the waves close together they're not far apart mm-hmm. so when you go riding away you're, you're slamming into the next one nose right in there sometimes they'll roll right over wow uh the ocean you ride them it's more of a gentle gentle ride yeah, even if they're 40 feet tall, right? You still have a chance to come right. down and go up the next one. Yeah. But when they're really yeah. close, it's just, it's like being in a harbor, I guess, on the ocean when, when a storm comes through, it's too too choppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Being shallow, though, it's, uh, that's what makes it uh, more treacherous, kind of, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, so, you're, so you are a, a captain, uh, what's the technical name for it then? Uh, well, on the paper, it's uh, ship's captain. I guess I'm I'm qualified to run anywhere in Canada. On to uh, I can go 250 miles off coast, all the way down to the Panama Canal. Okay, both sides of Canada. Because uh, so, so you can you can go anywhere then: Arctic Ocean, Pacific, Atlantic. Yeah, yeah great great lakes. Yeah, yeah, even rivers. I guess rivers yep. are also, they're federally regulated, right? Um, most of them are. Some don't have any rules at all. But yeah, like in Winnipeg, both, both the Assiniboine and the Red are federal waterways. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you come from, your your father was a ship's captain as well? That's right, yeah. He was captain of the Heckle Island Ferry. Ah. And if you go out to, if you go out to Heckle now... Uh, the causeway going out to Heckler is named after him. It's called the Captain Grimson Grimmelson Causeway. Okay. Captain Grimmelson. Great, great big blue sign there, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was, was his father a, a ship's captain as well? Your grandfather? Uh, not a licensed one, but he operated boats and he was a fisherman and stuff like that, but like back then, you didn't really need papers. You just knew how to drive a boat, and that was it. You're a captain. Right. So how how far back in your family does this tradition go? Uh, I don't know about before my grandfather, but, I mean, they were all in Iceland. They were all fishermen and, you know, I guess boat operators and stuff like that. So I guess it's in the blood. Yeah, I guess you feel good doing it. You feel comfortable. I do. You know what? I've never hated my job. I've always gotten in my truck or car after work and said I love my job. Even on the uh, riverboats after big fights and stuff like that, <laughs> I still go home and say I love my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because you drove you drove uh, Paddle Queen, Paddle Wheel Princess, uh, River Rouge. That, yeah. Boy, am I missing even the, lady, even the Lady Winnipeg before they decommissioned that one. Lady Winnipeg, yeah, way back. That was two, there was two companies. There was the Lady Winnipeg and uh, River Rouge. That was one company, and then uh, Steve had the Paddle Wheel Queen and, and uh, Paddle Wheel Princess. Right, which weren't really paddle wheels. <laughs> no, no, they were kind of phony. They were just 
spinning with the water. Yeah, diesel engines and all that. Yeah. How long has it been since a real paddle wheel's been kicking around, like the steam steam engined? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. I'm not sure exactly on that one. Yeah, probably going way back to like the 40s or 30s. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that. There's, uh, like, yeah, the Marine Museum in Selkirk would be able to you'd find stuff like that in there. Right. That'd be a good place to talk to. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of funky stories have happened to the ship's captains over the years? Over the years. Just to give just to give well, a little just to give a little you taste. Know, you know all about the river boats. I spent thirty years there, so that was <laughs> kind of crazy on the river. But uh not on out on the lake. I've been in some pretty big storms and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if you, you recall, I think it was two thousand and ten that storm that flooded Gimli, it was northwest wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, flooded everything out around Lake Winnipeg, knocked all the docks out in Gimli. Wow, yeah. That one I traveled in, uh, there was about 30, 40 foot waves on Lake Winnipeg then, and I was on, you know that big blue boat in Gimli in the mail? Mm-hmm. I was on that one. We traveled from Tamarack Island all the way to Gimli. It was a seven, 17 hour ride. 17 hours? In that one. And it was storming the whole way? All the way, yeah. <laughs> wow, 30 to 40 foot waves on Lake Winnipeg. Holy crow. Yeah, they were they were curling like out in the north basin. It's a little bit deeper. It's about eighty feet out there. It's about forty feet on the south basin. Jeez. So yeah, there were some pretty big waves out there. So those you could have maybe seen the bottom between some of those waves. Uh, in the south end, it was yeah. Some you could have. Uh, I've heard that that boat had hit bottom before in big waves. Wow. Uh, didn't when I didn't when I was there though, but. Uh, the engineer that was on there, he was with another crew one time, and he said they hit bottom out by Elk Island. Jeez, <laughs> that must yeah. be weird, eh? Like you're in a lake and and, this, and and you're running aground in the middle of the lake. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And there's 40 feet of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah look, you're looking up at the whole lake, it's like being turned yeah. sideways. Man, I can't yeah. imagine. Has there? I guess there's been other ships that have gone down too. Like there's. There's some in in the lake itself. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, the uh, uh, Susan E went down. There's been TV shows about that one. I remember when that happened because uh, uh, years ago there used to be a silica sand pit at Black Island, and okay. uh, the local like uh, the kids from Hecla were going over there to work and stuff like that. And my cousins were over there, and in the same night, my I remember my dad getting two phone calls. One, the first one was. Uh, about my cousin getting killed in the conveyor belt over there at Black Island. Oh. And, and then about a half hour later, somebody else phoned him and said the Susan E had gone down uh, just north of Hecla. Wow. So that was, it was the same night, two tragedies. That's terrible. Yeah, it was. And there was one survivor. There was one guy from Barron's River that survived the Susan E. He held on to a piece of the wheelhouse that floated all the way to Black Island just by Hecla. He was the only survivor. I think there were seven or eight of them that didn't make it. Hmm. Wow. Mary, uh, the, yeah, like nobody thinks here there would be maritime maritime tragedies. Oh, and, yeah, there's been. The right there. Like, yeah. And I know another one. There's. Uh, I knew the guy. He was a captain on a smaller boat up north. And he still, he got into a storm and, and his boat went down and he went with it. But... That one, he didn't have to go down with it. He uh, he got his crew off and into the life raft, 
and they were going to help him into the life raft. And he said, no, you guys go. I'm staying with the boat. And he turned around and walked back in the wheelhouse, and down he went. Wow. He's still in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And actually, that guy was a brother to the guy that uh, survived the Susan E. Oh. How strange is that? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, there's there's lots of stories about Lake Winnipeg. And you were gonna you were interested in compiling some of those stories into a book or into a um some kind yeah, of Yeah. I've been too busy so far. <laughs> working. I got I got about four years to retire. I'm sixty one now, so I'm getting close. Yeah, so yeah, I want to talk to you a little more down the road as we uh, as we do our series here because you your family was part of the Hecla Island. Uh, what was the term for that when they moved the residents off Hecla Island to make the park? Uh, expropriation. Hmm. Okay, they called it expropriation. I called it kicked off. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not polite when it comes to that. They kicked us out. <laughs> and how many people did they move? How many families? Uh, about five hundred. 500 families, eh? Wow. There was, there was close. There was about 500 families out there at one time. Um, I'm not sure if that's how many got expropriated, but there was quite a few. There was a couple of hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, a whole, uh, that was a whole big thing back then, too. I remember that. It was. Nobody wanted to leave. I mean, everybody was born and raised there, and then all of a sudden the government comes along and tells them they got to go. Yeah. And they were they were bullied into selling too. They didn't get any fair price. Like there was no nothing fair about it at all. Nothing. Yeah, like that. And then they moved back in. They let everybody. What they just let some yeah. of the people move back though. Yeah, what they were doing is I caught them at this. Like I was going on the lake one day. This was about twenty five years ago, I guess. And I seen one of my buddies <clears throat> unloading a caterpillar there down at the north end. So I stopped to say hello and see see what he was up to. And he knew all about Hecla and what happened out there, and he knew nobody was supposed to be living out there. Mm-hmm. So he, I says, what are you up to? What are you, what are you building here? And he looked at me kind of funny, and he goes, well, I'm putting a road in. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? What's the road for? He says, there's a cottage development going on here. And I said, no, there's not. I said, no, you know nobody's supposed to live out here. He goes, I know. <laughs> oh, wow. So I said, I'll give you two two weeks. I'll, I'll shut this cat down. And nobody's going to live here. Yeah. So... So I took off. I did my day on the lake, and I went home that evening. I phoned a couple other people to see if they knew anything about this cottage lot business. Because we held together over the years as a committee. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we wanted to keep tabs on the island and make sure they're doing doing stuff right, like you know, keeping up to the promises and that. Right. And uh, so he had more political ties than I did. So he started phoning around. Three weeks later, the cat was shut down. <laughs> Two years. <laughs> so- Two years later, two years later, we got our property back. Yeah. Then the cottage, then that cottage lot went in after we got our property back, though. So who's putting the cottage lot in? Was that some kind of underhanded scheme, like kick everybody off yeah. and then move in quietly? That was Parks. Yeah, they figured that old generation was died off, but they didn't know we held together as a committee. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so we <laughs> caught them. Caught them with a the bulldozer. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's insane. It was. It was. And uh, to this day, nobody ever got paid fair. Like my grandmother, she owned all the go- uh, property that the golf course and the resort was built on. Yeah. There was three, 360 acres there. And uh, she was 
dead for seven years by the time the government pay, paid the estate really? for the property. Jesus. The golf course. The golf course had been used for about ten years before she passed away. That must have been nice for her to have to look at that or even know it's there. Oh, it is. You know what? It just about killed her uh, when my dad had to go and tell her that they bulldozed her house down. Jesus. Like she was eighty, she was getting close to eighty then, and she wasn't. She had rheumatoid arthritis, so she was mm. sort of bedridden back then. Yeah. And that just about finished her right there. Like uh, I remember her face. I was like seven years old when my dad went and told her that they bulldozed her house down. And I, I remember her face just dropping. It was just horrible. Because they bulldozed my house, you know. Jeez. Yeah. I, know, I guess she always, I guess she always had it in her head that she was going to go back there someday. But wow, that was that was impossible anyway. But still, it was a bad, a bad time. Yeah. Well, I want to dig in with yeah. that. I, I want to do a longer podcast with you on that for our history, history aspect, because I want to learn more, more about the community and how long it had been there and what kind of people, you know, lived there and made their livings. Yeah. Well, there's still a few people a little older than me left that can tell stories that, that remember all the dirty stuff that went on. Yeah. But nothing, nothing was fair about the way they took the island. No. That's no. crazy. I, I actually remember I was about four, four years old, I guess, something like that. Five years old, maybe. But I can remember my dad was up north and my mom was home. I was home with my mom and uh, this guy came to the house and he had a briefcase and all this kind of stuff. To me, he was kind of a little bit scary looking, I guess, but uh, yeah. he was trying to bully, bully my mother into taking a check right there. Oh, really? You know, for Yeah, a check for $2,400 for 22 acres of land and a three-bedroom house. And he told her she had to take this check or, or they wouldn't get anything. Like, it was kind of bullying her, right? Really? Yeah, and I remember her getting mad. She says, no, I'm not doing anything. My husband is not home, and I am not taking this money, and I'm not selling my house. She just stood up to him kind of thing. And I remember I was a little scared. And, um, yeah, he says, uh, he's well, he says, well, you know, I remember him being kind of bossy. And he's, well, I'll have to take this back to Winnipeg and kind of thing. And so then uh, about a week later, my dad was home, and this guy came back again. And uh, he was offering my dad the same thing, $2,400. And dad says, he just laughed. He says, I'm not taking that goddamn money. And uh, so then he, uh, they came back with another offer of uh, uh, 4800 I think it was. Yeah. And he still, he says, no, I'm not taking that. So then they came back with a third offer of $8,400. And he says, okay, Mr. Grimmelson, you have to take this or you have to just leave. And that's wow. all there is to it. Oh, wow. It just bullied them, bullied them into it. Well, that's pretty lowball when you're doubling your offer every time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, you yeah. know, it, it cost, it cost him $30,000 to buy another place to live in Riverton. Yeah. So he, he lost $22,000, you know, like that. So he's all getting a mortgage now just to just to live somewhere? Yeah. Just because they said he can't live there anymore. And he had his house paid for and everything was paid for out there. Wow. Jesus. And then what they took a hold like that that thirty six three hundred sixty acres that's like a half section, half section of land. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of property there. Yeah. And you can imagine the values of that property today too. Well, even back then, it was worth a hell of a lot more than sixty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Because today, yeah. you know, you look at a half section, and you're probably looking at millions. Three, well, uh, yeah, if it's a golf course <laughs> and a popular yeah. resort, yeah, millions. Even if it's yeah. just farmland or grazing land, it's still up there in the hundreds of thousands. 
Yeah. So, but he yeah. had he had uh, there was ten in the family altogether. He had nine brothers and sisters. By the time they did, divided it all up, they got six thousand dollars each. So, with this group, like the group you're talking about, twenty five years ago, you you had kept going. Is that still going today? Yeah, we still have the heckle committee. Yeah. So, is there any any reparations or anything that that have been discussed that you're going after? No, nobody, everybody's just kind of forgotten about it now that we got our properties back. They're just kind of carrying on with life kind of thing. Yeah. Did you have it'd to... Be, did it'd, you, be able, it'd be able to, well, anyway. Nobody's going to go to Icelanders or anything. <laughs> did, did, um, did you have to pay for your properties when they came back? Yeah. We had to pay $5,000 for five acres of, of the original property. We wow. negotiated for two years. First, they wanted just to give us a lot per family on the north end or like 100 by 110 no 100 by 110 foot lot and we mm-hmm. just laughed at that and said screw you you know some families had five or five or six people that wanted to be there mm-hmm. so we fought a little bit and we finally got uh got it down to five acres of our original property for five thousand dollars so it's and it's leased it's a leased property for how long and everybody yeah and everybody for uh, 21 years okay we just, yeah. So everybody's saying, well, we don't, then we won't own it. And I said, did you own it anyway? They came and took it off you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really own it to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> so we figured, okay, it's the best deal we're going to get. So it was all right. How long does that last till 21 years? We just signed a new one. We've had it for 21 years now. We just signed a new lease. And did you have to pay again? No, no. We just signed our names again. We're good for another. 21 years okay but now i got uh i'm the last last man standing in my family my two my two brothers passed away and one of my sisters passed away and now my fourth sister uh the last sister's got cancer so she took her name off the lease yeah yeah so it's now it's me and my nephew and my daughter and one of my great nieces still four ways you'll keep her running in the family Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my niece didn't want it anymore after my brother passed away. So yeah. I, I just bought her up. So I'll own half the property there now. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for chatting, yeah. chatting with us, Captain Curtis. No problem. <laughs> if you guys ever, if you guys ever want to come out to Hecla, I just bought a camper tra- trailer and everything off my niece. It's all set up to live in. Like it's got running water, hydro, and the whole bit. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Come and stay out for a night or two. You know, take some pictures out there and stuff. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. That's a perfect setup. Yeah, for sure. Definitely been wanting to get up that way. Okay, and uh, we'll touch base again down the line, and we'll do uh, we'll do a longer uh, bit on both of these, um, the history sure. and stuff up around Hecla and, and these things. Yeah, sounds good. I'll take you to the museums and stuff out there. Okay, thank you for listening. This is Manitobaville. This is Mahangel. I want to. Thank you for uh, checking out this interview with Captain Curtis. Uh, We'd like to get down a waterway this summer. That would be a fun thing to do. Maybe catch an interview on the way with somebody who's interesting. Okay, um, tell your friends about us, rate us, uh, follow us, uh, review us, uh, subscribe to us, and all that good stuff on the podcatchers and on the social medias. And um, yeah, uh, hope to see you this summer for sure. We'll try and figure out a way to do that. Just uh, DM us or send us an email or make a donation that's, uh, you know, an offer that we just can't refuse. You never know. Put a condition on it. 
make it a big number. <laughs> and we'll get there. We'll find a way to do it for sure because that's how we do things. Okay, so thank you so much for listening. This is the Mantobaville podcast. And I just want to remind you that we are copyright 2022 by Rodeo Road Studios. Mm-hmm.